It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Julia Hartley Brewer at breakfast on Talk Radio. Well, good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer. We are expecting Donald Trump to speak live from the White House any moment now. Of course, uh, two o'clock in the morning for him. Uh, an absolute knife edge of a vote. Uh, Donald Trump has won Florida and Ohio. Biden has probably won Arizona. He says he's confident of winning Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. These, of course, were key battleground states, but it is on a knife edge. Key thing to know this morning is there has been no big blue wave, no big surge to the Democrats, no 8.9 point Biden leads. Looks like he has won the popular vote, as Hillary Clinton did in 2016. But of course, she hasn't been in the White House for the last four years. Donald Trump has. It's all about the Electoral College. We'll talk more about that and explain more about that coming up. We'll also talk to Darren Grimes, Director of Reason to UK. First up, though, let's talk to a man who we spoke to this time yesterday who predicted a Donald Trump victory. Will he be proven to be correct? Dr. Sebastian Gorka is an advisor to President Donald Trump and host of the America First podcast. Good morning to you, Sebastian. Good morning. So well, great to be back. Well, absolutely fascinating. You were certainly right that this was not going to be a clear walk in the park for uh, the Democrats. Uh, the vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris, she tweeted yesterday, we got this. Um, phew, that, that, that may come back to haunt her, mayn't it? Yes, indeed. We, we were told for months, Julia, by the uh, mainstream media, the legacy media, and by the Democrat Party, that this was going to be a tsunami for the Democrats, that this would be a tidal wave, and by 10.30, it would be over, and we'd have a new president. That is not the case. There is still everything to play for. Uh, Pennsylvania, so, so crooked. Pennsylvania decided at 9.30 at night, uh, we're just going to stop counting votes and we'll get back to you tomorrow so the president is about to speak uh, from the white house but still everything to play for julia yeah absolutely i mean know of those key battleground states uh, joe biden has a, a number of different routes to make it through he can win one state and lose another he can do this do that jo, um, um, president trump is more reliant on uh, you know, he he can't lose a lot of the key states he won in 2016 he's got a, a rather more narrow route but the key vote that happened um, early on when we got the results was florida um if that had been a really clear biden victory that would pretty much have meant game over for donald trump and that was certainly not the case uh, when Donald Trump uh, has been predicted you know, to win uh, Florida. It, I mean, we've still got a load of postal ballots. We've still got uh, lots more to come in terms of voting. But that Florida win, that wasn't a surprise for you, presumably. 
No, Florida was uh, absolutely necessary for the president. Pennsylvania is likewise a, a key state. Uh, the, the strange thing is that when you get, for example, Fox News very early on in the evening say, well, Biden's got Virginia when there's still 800,000 votes left to count. And they said, well, it, it's OK. We, we've combined the actual votes that we have counted and can count with our exit polls. I I'm sorry, exit polls are irrelevant. It's the votes that matter. So uh, we can't win without Florida. The president's got it. But we have to get those votes counted as soon as possible, because the longer we leave it, the longer the possibility for some kind of shenanigans. And, well, and this is an issue. And whether it's shenanigans or whether it's, as Donald Trump says, stealing the votes or end up uh, some sort of a virtual civil war. We know that Americans have been buying guns at a rate of knots, partly because of the Black Lives Matter protests, partly because they're just not sure what is going to happen. There's fears on all sides that a, a, an unclear situation that stretches on for days, uh, as it may well do now, or weeks even if it goes through the courts all the way to the Supreme Court, could lead to violence on the streets. A lot of people are very fearful. We're not going to see that peaceful transition of power that many would hope for. And with good reason. If you look at the events of the last 10 months in Democrat-held cities, in Democrat states, whether it's Portland, whether it's Oregon, we've seen outrageous violence. We've seen $3 billion worth of damage done in looting in arson. We've seen 30 people murdered in the riots since George Floyd was killed. Almost half of them are actually black Americans. So, uh, yes, where, where, where Democrats are in control, law enforcement has disappeared. And as a result, they, uh, the American people are living with their Second Amendment rights, which is we see it as a civil right to be able to arm yourself and to protect yourself. And as such, we have seen record sales of firearms every month for the last six months. What do you put the Trump vote down to, whether he wins or loses in the end? The fact that he has uh, managed to uh, get such a big vote and win places like Florida, given that we've got the coronavirus pandemic, one of the highest uh, per capita death tolls uh, in the world, uh, the mass, mass unemployment, tens of millions of Americans unemployed, economy tanked as a result of the lockdown. What do you actually, I'm going to have to leave that there because uh, we are just seeing uh, Donald, some of Donald Trump's team, I think, are arriving uh, in the White House for Donald Trump to make a statement. Uh, Sebastian Gorka, actually, no, let, what, just in case, he, uh, before he does come on, we will cut through if, if he does. But um, but just what do you put it down to? How, how has he managed to garner the votes he has garnered um, when, when America has had so many problems this year? Because he's still trusted. We had a 34% growth in the GDP in just the last quarter, which is record-keeping, not just for America, but for any nation. And on top of that, it's like Brexit. Uh, once the American people voted against the establishment and voted for a man who'd never run for public office before, you don't go back. Well, one, once you've gone anti-establishment, you stick anti-establishment. On top of that, we've some, seen incredible figures with, with his popularity amongst the Hispanic voters, with a, a trifold increase in his popularity against amongst the black Americans. So he's breaking the political uh, mores of the past and creating a new political landscape. And it's an exciting time to be an American. Do you think a lot of this has been about the culture wars? Uh, and and yes. it's about these, so not just Black Lives Matter, but the whole, you know, obsessions with diversity and trans and all of this. That actually, an awful lot of middle America, not just whites, uh, middle America, blacks, Hispanics and others have just gone enough already. 
Well, of course. And, you know, when, when you have the Cato Institute, which isn't exactly a, a pro-Trump organization, it's, the, it's our libertarian think tank in D.C., do a big survey three months ago, and they find out that 62% of Americans, Julia, especially if they're conservatives, are afraid to publicly talk about their political convictions, lest they be canceled, lest they be penalized uh, or punished or lose their job. That's the reality of, of, of the political correctness, which is out of control, as far as I'm concerned, as a child of refugees from a communist country. Political correctness is the, is the latest form of censorship, and it's, it's indicative of totalitarian thinking. So people have had enough, whether it's having guys say, oh, I'm a woman today, which is, of course, absurdity, or whether it's people saying, well, if you're white, you're inherently racist. Americans have had enough of that insanity. Just finally, as we wait for Donald Trump to come to the podium, uh, tell me, who do you think's going to win? If you, to, you said yesterday, Donald Trump, it's, it, look, it's on a knife edge right now. If you have to call it, who's going to win? If, if there isn't cheating in the vote counting, then the president will be re-elected. Okay. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, talk radio. Let's have a listen to what the two presidential candidates in US election have had to say in the early hours of this morning. Uh, speaking uh, in, the, in the last couple of hours at UK time, Joe Biden, the Democrat uh, candidate, had this to say to his supporters. I'm here to tell you tonight, we believe we're on track to win this election. It's going to take a while. We're going to have to be patient until we, uh, the hard work of tallying the votes is finished. And it ain't over till every vote is counted. Every ballot is counted. Well, Donald Trump sometime later was speaking from the White House. Uh, well, was asking really for not all of those votes. Many millions of votes are still not being counted, not to be counted. This is what he had to say. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election 
Frankly, we did win this election. We did win this election. This is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at four o'clock in the morning and add them to the list, okay? It's, it's a very sad, it's a very sad moment. To me, this is a very sad moment. And we will win this. And we, as far as I'm concerned, we already have won it. Uh, well, that was what uh, Donald Trump had to say. Uh, just briefly, uh, Darren Grimes, um, millions of votes still not yet counted. We know Georgia, they sent their uh, counting tellers at home for the night. It was going to be days before we get all those results. Um, is it even possible for Donald Trump to stop those votes being counted or not after they're counted to have them disqualified if they're legally balloted votes? Uh, well, listen, I think they'll both be at it, Julia. Both Biden and the Trump campaigns will be looking for any way they can dispute things and because it is so tight. And who could have thought it, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, it is, it is so tight. Well, let's talk about this all with uh, Lisa Nandy now, of course, Labour MP and Shadow Foreign Secretary. Good morning to you, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I'm sure you've been uh, watching this as avidly as the rest of us. What did you? Ha- what do you have to say about? First of all, the results as we've so far seen them, not that big blue wave for the Democrats. We were having a little bit of a moment here, seeming very similar to the December 2019 election result for the for the Labour Party. But also, what what uh, Donald Trump had to say uh, from the White House a couple of hours ago. I mean, I think it was perhaps unsurprising that we ended up in a place where a presidential candidate was suggesting that votes shouldn't be counted. But it was nevertheless deeply shocking to hear that suggestion. The American people have every bit as much right to free and fair elections as citizens in any other country in the world. And those votes must be counted, whatever the outcome. And clearly there's a lot riding on this for Britain. It's in nobody's interest in any country around the world not to have a definitive result in this election in the middle of a global pandemic and the economic fallout that has ensued. We've got to get a result. Um, and then the world has got to move on and try and find ways to repair some of the damage that has been done by coronavirus. Well, indeed, and I know you're no big fan of Donald Trump, as many uh, British people of all different uh, political persuasions aren't. Um, if Donald Trump has won a second term in the uh, presidential election, after all the all the counting is done and all the legal challenges are done, if he is back in the White House in inauguration in January, um, is that good for Britain or bad for Britain? I think in many ways it's it's incredibly bad for Britain because it sets the world on a path um, to uh, a, a world where the UK, US has stepped out of a leadership role, where you know our government couldn't even get the US president to attend the global summit on uh, the distribution of a vaccine that we hosted earlier in the year, where we've been unable to get justice for 19-year-old Harry Dunn, where we've been unable to persuade the US to rejoin the Paris Agreement. On almost every measure, the UK has come away empty-handed from the special relationship over the last few years. So there is no question in my mind that our national interest is very much bound up with a Biden victory and that if Donald Trump does win a second term, then the UK government has to seriously rethink and reset its approach to the special relationship 
We need to stop trashing alliances elsewhere and start to build those partnerships. And we have to take a much more hard-headed and strategic approach to our relationship with the United States and start to fight for our interests as Donald Trump has fought for American interests. There'll be lots of listeners uh, to my show right now, a lot of Brexiteers, who will really be quite confused about the idea of a, uh, a Labour MP uh, representing a party which was uh, asking for a second referendum on Brexit, saying, you know, you, you shouldn't you know, undermine democracy and it's very important that, you know, votes are, are respected, when they feel that their votes weren't respected. And one of the reasons why your party lost last December and gave Boris a 80 majority was because you didn't respect uh, a democracy. Um, do you just pick and choose in the Labour Party when you do think that votes should be counted and when they shouldn't? No, I absolutely don't. I've never supported a second referendum on Brexit. No, no your party has, but, uh, you know, I've consistently voted against it and argued against and it. To, and I to your credit, Lisa, to your credit. But, but for precisely that reason, because people have to know that when they vote and when they're told that their votes will be respected, that they are. You know, I don't like the fact that Boris Johnson won an 80-seat majority in December, but he won. And the British people have the right to have the, that result respected. That's why it is so deeply shocking to have a president in the White House, presidential candidate, saying that votes should not be counted and why it is quite shameful for Britain that we have a foreign secretary that is currently touring the TV studios, refusing to condemn those remarks and refusing to stand up for the American people's right to have their votes heard and to have democracy respected. If this was any other country in the world, it would be inconceivable that Britain didn't stand up for that principle of democracy and we really do need to see a much more courageous approach from this government it's it's a mark of how far we've fallen that we can't even stand up on a day like this and say that democracy has to be respected um is it the job of the british foreign secretary to tell off the american president one of the candidates uh, about what he says is that his role i mean he's got a very different role from you he's got a, a diplomatic role he's effectively our chief diplomat uh, is it worth for the sake of a soundbite on the news uh, you know upsetting our closest most important ally it's extremely important that Britain stands up for democracy. We always have, through our, our history, sought to advance democracy around the world. And over recent months, the Foreign Secretary has condemned attempts to erode democracy and democratic freedoms in countries as diverse as Hong Kong, Belarus and other parts of the world. It is morally inconsistent. To, to not to stand up for democracy in the United States. And I think it is a mark of how little this government has been able to stand up for British interests and British values in the face of a US president who at times has attacked and seek to erode those norms and those values. That's why whoever wins the election in the coming days and weeks, the UK government has got to seriously reset its approach to the United States, seek to work with the US on areas of common interest, but to make sure that we are standing up for British values and for British interests in that relationship and that we start to see some results. Just finally, Lisa Nanti, um, do you think there are any lessons here, a takeaway for the left in the UK? We have seen again massive big poll boost, you know, 8.9 point lead for Joe Biden. Whether he wins or not, we are certainly not, not in that sort of territory. After four years of Donald Trump, which... Uh, 
uh, many people, not just on the left, but on the right in, in Britain, will have been horrified by. Um, there be many on the left who will be surprised that, you know, that, that uh, there's not been a massive big swing to the Democrat candidate. And a lot of people feel that may be down to the obsession with the culture wars, um, the, uh, you know, the obsession with diversity, supporting Black Lives Matter, taking the knee, all of that stuff. Doesn't go down very well with middle American voters. I don't think it goes down very well with middle Britain voters as well. Do you think there's a lesson for the left, for the Labour Party in the UK, that actually a lot of this rhetoric looks great on Twitter, your, your, uh, your, your party members love it, but actually most voters are turned off by it? It's, um, it's worth remembering that there have only been three times in US presidential election history when a sitting president hasn't won a second term of office. So this would be an enormous upset, actually, if Donald Trump were not to be re-elected in the next few days. So it's worth situating it in that context. But I think you're undoubtedly, it is right that there are lessons for the left, and actually there are lessons for all of us in British politics from this. America is an extremely divided country. Those divisions were evident in the 2016 election. They have not gone away. And in many senses, I think Britain is also a very divided country country. What does it tell me about my own party as we seek to form the next government? It tells me that we have to go out and do the hard yards of winning the argument in every single part of the country. And that is what we're absolutely determined to do. Many of the really key battleground stakes are still up for grabs. Both sides, both men have claimed that they are on track to win. Donald Trump, though, as you heard in some of that audio, is uh, talking about uh, how this is a fraud on the American public, an embarrassment to our country. He said that we did win this election and he says he wants the law to be used in a proper manner. So he'll be going to the US Supreme Court. Uh, let's uh, talk to Darren Grimes. He's joining me all this morning. He's director at Reasons UK. Darren, this is the Trump playbook. He did this in 2016. He did it in the last few months over the election. The idea that the American people want Donald Trump, but the, 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 the media, the system, the establishment, the Democrats, they're going to contrive to steal the election from the American people. Um, is it believable? Well, look, I, I I do think if if state by state voting does turn tight, and it is looking tight in some of those uh, remaining states, uh, he can Donald. If I was Donald Trump, Julia, I definitely would lawyer up and hunker down because. Uh, as we saw with in 2000, when, by the way, the pollsters got it as wrong as they've got it right now as well, then he does stand a good chance of actually being able to contest some of this stuff. But I do think, I can't stress that enough, it is irresponsible before all the votes are counted to start saying you have won the election. He hasn't won anything yet. Uh, no, indeed. Well, it is absolutely on a knife edge, no question at all. And of course, uh, uh, we are seeing, you know, you have to get 270 electoral college votes uh, currently, uh, right now, we are looking at 220 uh, for the Democrats, for Joe Biden, 213 for Donald Trump. But of course, with so many of the you know, big states with uh, large numbers of electoral college votes still to come, uh, there's an awful lot more to play for. Well, let's talk about all of this right now with a man who used to follow this all very closely from the States in Washington. He was our man in Washington, former UK ambassador to the United States. Sir Christopher Mayer joins us. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Morning. I was going to say, you've never seen a vote like it, but of course, I'm thinking back to 2016 when Donald Trump won against Hillary Clinton. Of course, we're going all the way back to 2020 uh, with Al Gore and George W. Bush and those hanging chads in Florida. Uh, after all this big build up to Election Day, we may not know the result for days or even weeks. What's your reaction to what both Biden and Trump have had to say this morning? Well, we've been here before, which is 
in my experience, in the year 2000, as you've just said, Al Gore versus George W. Bush. But the atmosphere and context were completely different then. This is something much broader, potentially, and much more difficult. Because back then, it was a dispute over one state only, namely who had won in Florida. And that took a month to resolve, and it had to go to the Supreme Court. What we may be looking at here, although the outcome this morning is utterly predictable, because it was inconceivable we would have had a clear result, which both sides would accept uh, on the morning after voting day, um, is... uh, challenges that could go to the Supreme Court covering more than one state, depending on what happens uh, for the rest of the week. And we won't get uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, the three big Rust Belt states, all in the bag and known until at the earliest the weekend. Uh, So the possibility of multiple challenges by one side or the other is out there. And that makes it a much more complex and difficult situation than the one in uh, in 2000. Well, this is it. And again, going back just to 2016, Donald Trump used the same playbook, didn't he? When he didn't think he was going to win, he was claiming that they were going to be stealing the election. This idea that the establishment are doing this to him. This is the media, the social media against him. It's everybody against him because he is the establishment now. He is the incumbent. He is the sitting American president, but he's still playing that. And it does appear, judging by the votes we have seen, the results we have seen that an awful lot of the American public agree with him. Why do you think we haven't seen a huge swing to the Democrats and that blue wave that the pollsters were predicting, an eight or nine point lead for Joe Biden in some of the most recent polls uh, across the board, everyone's saying that he he, he would win on, on, the, on average. Um, and when we've got, you know, economic catastrophe, we've got mass unemployment, one of the highest per capita death rates from coronavirus. We've had riots on the streets and protests. Why do you think that we haven't seen that blue wave? Well, the first thing is the anticipation of a blue wave was always unrealistic. Uh, the polling figures, which I mean, the pollsters are going to get it in the neck for this, but to a certain degree, they don't deserve it because, <clears throat> excuse me, They have been, with remarkable stability, predicting single-digit wins for Joe Biden in a number of states where Trump won in 2016. They've been predicting, most of the time, under a 10% advantage to Joe Biden nationally. Now, if you actually look at that dispassionately and not as a partisan, those are not big figures. Um, some of them for the battleground states are in within the margin of error for a poll. So the notion of a blue wave sweeping through and sweeping Donald Trump out of the White House was always a bit fanciful. It was a, it was imagination, political imagination and wishful thinking based on modest poll leads for the most part. And but of course Biden may yet win, but at the moment it is advantage Trump. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is. I mean, the, the Florida, we, I mean, going to bed and getting the few hours sleep that I did need last night before the show, um, everyone knew, you know, if, if Trump wins Florida, then we're into a long battle. If Biden had won Florida, you go, you know, well, fair dues, it's, it's Biden's win. Um, but he, you say, he is, he is not break, you know, breaking forward in, in some of those states which you would have expected him to win. Um, in terms of the damage that they say that the pandemic has done to to Donald Trump, do you think before coronavirus, the pandemic, do you think that he would have been on track to win or do you think the Democrats would have been looking safer? Well, it is astonishing, I think, Julia. It actually goes back to your earlier question, which I didn't properly answer, <laughs> is that considering 
his approach to coronavirus and how disastrous it has been for many people in the, in the United States, it is utterly astonishing that Biden has not been in the lead by far more than he has. One of the conditions of polling almost through the whole of 2020 has been his astonishing stability. It hasn't been volatile. We haven't seen Biden striding ahead or Trump striding ahead anywhere. So what we think over here as a catastrophic presidency with now, as you said, mass unemployment, coronavirus running out of control is not viewed like that by all those Trump supporters who've turned out um, to give him the advantage he has at the moment. But there was this uh, sort of view, the conventional view, and again, they were certainly wrong in 2016 as well, which was that, that Donald Trump, you know, he'd lost a lot of those floating voters, not the, the car, hardcore Trump supporters, they'd stick with him, but actually his uh, his approval ratings were very, very low um, and and they were really not impressed. Once he got coronavirus, he went into hospital, with the hoax virus that didn't exist, you didn't have to worry about, that was the point when a lot of people thought, well, okay, clearly we're focused back on coronavirus, it's not on Black Lives Matter, protest. It's now Donald Trump's uh, loss, no question at all. Uh, this does not appear to be what's happened. Do you think a lot of this comes down to not Donald Trump so much, but the Democratic candidate? The, the, the conventional line again in 2016 was actually, you know what, that Hillary Clinton was not a good candidate. She uh, she rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. Uh, she was she's quite, an, um, she's quite a sort of a, um, an unappealing candidate for a lot of floating voters, um, not, not you know, hardcore Democrats. Um, do you think that if Joe Biden were, had been replaced by someone younger, more energetic, more uh, perhaps just more more of a candidate who you could say, I'm voting for this person as opposed to I'm going to vote for the person who is not Donald Trump. Do you think the Democrats would have done yeah, better? I think I think I think it's a bit early to start start sort of digging Joe Biden's political grave <laughs> because he may yet he may yet come out of this as president of the United States. But he was not a compelling candidate. But what the Democrats tried to do was to turn his slightly old, doddery uh, approach to campaigning into a virtue to say, here is Mr. Normal, here is Mr. Decent, back again. He may not be a bag of fireworks, but he is a man who's going to return normality and decency um, and proper uh, control of coronavirus to the United States. And they thought that that would, would be a winning hand. What they hadn't counted on, and I think I, I've felt this now for several weeks, so it's not just something that's come to me this morning, is that Trump rose from the dead, if you like, having caught coronavirus, not only recovered from coronavirus, but went out on, on the warpath, on the trail, um, with astonishing energy. Look, Julia, for the last, uh, whatever it is, month or more, We've seen Donald Trump like a heavy metal rock star going from stadium to stadium to stadium, yeah. pumping out the message. And one thing once that George W. Bush said to me after the, the Florida thing in, in 2000 was... Yeah, hanging chads, uh, yeah. We, 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 yeah, the hanging chads stuff. We, his campaign eased up over the final weekend, and that was a mistake. Let me ask you just finally, Sir Christopher Mayer, and briefly, if you would, um, who would be the best president for the UK? We want that trade deal, you know, end of transition period with the EU, we can sign trade deals. Who who would be best for us for getting that post-Brexit trade deal? I make two points very quickly. Stop obsessing about the trade deal. And Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, talk radio. Online on DAB and on the Talk Radio app.
Talk Radio. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.